So Easter 2020, like no other. And we celebrate two things this weekend. We celebrate the cross and we celebrate the cave, the cross and the cave. And these two things are encapsulated in one verse in the book of Romans, chapter 4, verse 25. Romans chapter 4, verse 25. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. He took our name or tata here. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. The cross and the cave. Jesus died on the cross, was put in a cave, a rock that was, uh, was rolled across it. And three days later, Jesus rose from death and left that cave. And the cross and the cave geographically are relatively close to each other. They were in the same garden area. Uh, the Gospel of John tells us that, John 19, 42. Time-wise, the action was only three days apart. The cross and the cave. Jesus died on the cross and three days later rose again. But why? Why? That's a million-dollar question. Why the cross and the cave of Jesus? Why both? Why not just one? Why not just the cross? The writer of this piece of scripture, Paul, using an account from the first book of the Bible, Genesis, to help us answer that question. And it um, talks about the story of Abraham, the patriarch of the nation of Israel. So this is in Romans chapter 4, and it's verses 18 to 25. Romans chapter 4, verses 18 to 25. Verse 18. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it has been said. To him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words that was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe, and whom who raised Jesus our Lord from dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Hallelujah. As Paul talks about the cross and cave of Jesus, he sees a dramatic correlation between the story of Abraham and what happened to Jesus. And the story of Abraham in brief is this, and it's found starting from Genesis chapter 12, the first book of the Bible. God calls Abraham from uh, a land far away. And he says, I'm going to make you into a great nation, and I'm going to give you uh, land. And and flocks and people and all people of the world will be blessed through you. Abraham obeys and he and his wife, Sarah, and his nephew, Lot, uh, they head off and they head towards this promised land. 
but there was a huge uh, challenge. It was huge that there was no offspring. There was no offspring. Sarah was infertile, barren. And time goes on, waiting, 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 nothing. In fact, Abraham was so old, the text says his body was as good as dead. And the womb of his, his wife Sarah was dead. There was, was like a corpse, the cave of Sarah. The womb of Sarah was dead. And so there's nothing. Waiting, waiting, waiting. And what happens is Abraham and Sarah get some, some wobbles in their faith, some faith wobbles. And they think, we're going to give God a hand uh, in his plan. And so Sarah gives her slave girl, Hagar, to Abraham. And Hagar becomes pregnant to Abraham. But in her pregnancy, Hagar despises, begins to despise Sarah, which still happens now, by the way. Our illegitimate alternative to God's plan end up despising God's plan. Our illegitimate alternatives uh, despise Christian faith, our isms, humanism, the, the overly uh, elevating of humanity denies God and despises Christian faith. Hedonism, the worship of pleasure, despises Christian faith and the meaning we find in sacrifice and service. Uh, materialism, the worship of things, despises Christian faith that worships God alone. Narcissism, the worship of the individual, despises communal Christian faith, the church. Universalism, that denies Jesus Christ as the fullness of God, despises Christian faith and God's plans for Jesus as a rescuer of humanity. So Abraham and Sarah get some faith wobbles. That happens sometimes. Uh, if that's you, take heart. The story ends well. It's okay, your story. Time moves on, and Abraham and Sarah get older and older, and that's a problem. But faith always looks at the problems in light of the promises. God had promised. And God waits until Abraham is as good as dead, and Sarah's womb, her cave, was dead, really dead. And then, against all odds, life appears. Isaac, a baby boy. And Isaac means laughter, life and laughter from a cave of death. Shara uh, and I, my wife, we, we struggled with infertility. We'd been married 10 years before our first child came along. And it was a challenge, but God was good. Um, but the way it happened for us was this. In 2003, we went to a country in West Africa as missionaries. We'd been nine years, and we'd wanted children for the previous five, but nothing. Now, no child had come. We got to Africa in January 2003. By April of that year, our world was in a turmoil, really. Um, two of the key members of our team had been sent from the mission field due to misbehavior, our team scattered, 
uh, it was April, it was hot season, the temperature was into the mid-40s, no air conditioning. Uh, we, were, we were struggling, we were depressed. And um, a couple of, two, two couples, two African pastors and their wives, they drove up from the capital, uh, bounced along the bumpy road, and they wanted to come and stay and, and encourage who, who was left of our team. And one couple was Uncle Joe and his wife. Uh, they stayed with us. And as he uh, prayed, he said these words. He said, uh, I will return this time next year and you'll be with child. So we'd been, uh, wanting, we'd been married for 10 years, no children, and we'd heard it all. Uh, we'd heard many prayers, we'd prayed many prayers, and we'd heard it all. Uh, but he said, I'll return this time next year and you will be with child. Yeah, right. <clears throat> now, the uh, story goes on. That year, mostly I had a problem with my driver's license. It, um, I needed to get, in the end, I had to get back to New Zealand to renew it. Uh, and in light of the troubles we were facing, our mission uh, allowed us to come home for a break to New Zealand in December of that year, 2003. In the meantime, my mother, uh, had, she'd seen this documentary of a doctor who'd had remarkable success with infertile women using an old uh, Chinese methodology. Uh, my mother began stalking him and she, she got Charlene to um, to see him. Um, he, he moved people uh, along out of the way and uh, New Year's Eve, December 2003, Shah went up and uh, 10 months later, our first child arrived uh, and we called him Isaac. Life and laughter from a cave we thought could not produce it. And the reason Paul and Romans 4.25 combines both the cross and the cave is that both are important. Both are important. The cross without the cave makes Jesus just the provider of philosophy, some good ideas for living, but he's more than that. The fact that three days after his life, Jesus came out of the tomb, the cave shows the power of God, that with God, nothing is outside the realm of possibility. The story continues. The story continues. The cave shows that the story continues. There's ongoing power of God. There's ongoing help of God. There's ongoing cleansing of God. There's ongoing blessing of God in our life, in our lives. The story continues. The cross shows that God's one-time selfless act of dying on the cross. And the cave shows the ongoing power of God available to believers through that faith and relationship with Jesus Christ, including power over sin. It's like the IRD. It's like the IRD, the Inland Revenue Department. We got back from overseas in December of 2009. We got back to New Zealand. It was mid-recession. Mid uh, I personally could only get bits and pieces of work, and so uh, we were getting huge amounts of top-up from the IRD. Uh, the only trouble was when I did get a full-time job, the IRD kept paying us. 
uh, way too much money, pain and pain and pain. And, uh, if, and then we found out we owed them a whole lot of money. At first they, they said uh, we were going to have to pay um, back a huge amount of money. And then they we got a letter saying they had wiped the debt, the whole debt. That's like the cross. That's like the cross of Jesus. He wipes our debt. But not only that, not only that, the IRD continued to pay us money every week um, called the Family Tax Credit for ongoing support of us as a family. And that's like the K, the K. So it's not only the wiping of the debt, but it's the ongoing support because as Jesus got out of the, out of the K, He's alive, and so he can continue to support us and to help us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Last thing, here's something that both the cross and the cave share. We don't earn the benefits of either of those. We don't deserve it. Our righteousness and justification come not about come about not by earning it, but by aligning ourselves with Jesus. It's credited. It's credited. It's not lent. It's not earned, but it's credited. Romans 4, 22 to verses 24. Explicit about this. It was credited to Abraham as righteousness. These words are not just for him, but us also. Our righteousness and justification comes about not by earning, but by aligning. God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him. The power of the cross and the cave are available to all if we avail ourselves of them. It's like a, a, a card, you know, a gift card, like one of the stores will give you, uh, you buy it and then you, you pass it on, like farmer's gift card. It's, um, it's been paid for, it's there, but you have to redeem it to get the benefits of it. And if it just sits there doing nothing in your wallet or your drawer, it's worthless. But for us who believe, life appears. Life and laughter and ongoing power from a cave of death. Hallelujah, he has risen. Amen, amen. Lord bless you.